Hello and welcome. My name is Tom. This is The Enthusiasm Project, Season 9, Episode 9, Isn't It Divine and Super Fine? And speaking of super fine, I have a very special guest today, which is my wife, Heather. Hello. Yay. Uh, Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, so today, I I wanted Heather to be here for many reasons, but also, but because I didn't know how to approach this topic. So the topic that we're talking about today, uh, buyer beware, be hypercritical of the hype. Oh, wow. You thought about this. I did. I did. And... This is something I've wanted to talk about in an episode. I'm very curious how you're going to approach this. <laughs> yes. Well, so I've wanted to talk about it, but in my mind, every time I'm outlining it, every time I'm approaching it, it ends up being me being like critical. He starts to get ranty. Yeah. A little and bit ranty. Sure. That might be, I don't know, it might be interesting, but I want there to be more of a takeaway from it. Sure. And so I've sort of just kept my mouth shut because I was like, yeah. what, what is it's the takeaway to from just not think about it? <laughs> yeah. What does someone want to just hear me complain about something? No, so yeah. things have changed a little bit and that's what I want to get into. Prior to that though, I do want to talk about equipment. Oh boy. Because we got to talk about microphones and we get to use when you're here, it's super special because you get to use two microphones. Ooh. So people get to hear two different ones and you're using one that you've never used before. Oh, well they look, the, it looks the same as yours, but a different color. Exactly, because I am on the Lewitt LCT 240 Pro, and Heather is on the Lewitt L. No, it's yeah, the LCT 440 Pure. Because mine she's, is black and yours is white. Yes, and you are. This is this is what I know. <laughs> um, so the, the difference between these two microphones, the Pure that Heather is on has a much larger capsule than the Pro that I'm on, and they both sound pretty dang amazing. And they're both running into the Rodecaster Pro 2 on the generic condenser mic setting. So that's where we are at um, as far as equipment goes. And I'm excited to do a video that compares both of these. As I was setting up, I was doing my own little comparison because I haven't heard I haven't heard much of a difference as I've been using them for different things. But side by side, I was going back and forth and I did hear differences. Plus, you and I have totally different voices. So anyway, that's what you're listening to us on today. Uh, as we talk about our topic. Yes. <laughs> you, you need to bring me in here because I don't yes. know how you're going to so, approach this. And that's why that is why one of the big reasons why you're here is because I feel like I need you to be here to not only guide the discussion, but provide a little bit of balance because I can get ranty and I can go maybe a little too far. I understand <laughs> where passion. Tom is coming from. Sure. Because obviously we've talked about this off pod a couple times. Uh, And I understand. But also I feel like I understand the other side also or to the point it doesn't bother me, obviously. Right. And and I've understood that, which is why I didn't want to say much, except something happened recently at the time of this recording that made me feel like. I just can't like yeah. it, it went from bothering it, it pushed me you over the edge. Yeah. And that was as well, it depends on when you're listening to this, but if it's relatively close to the time that the episode was released, that was the release of the Sony ZV E1, a new full frame camera from Sony. Uh, basically takes the sensor of the A7S3, the FX3, the FX6. So these cameras 
that are very, very expensive and puts them in a small compact body, kind of like the Sony ZV-E10. So it's a full frame camera in a small compact body and it has a couple new features that the other cameras don't have. And it's $2,200, which I think is absolutely absurd in a bad way. I think I, I think personally that it's a great camera. There's no arguing that. I think that it should be $700 less. I think $1,500 for that form factor and those ergonomics is the only thing that makes sense to me. So that's just my personal opinion. Of course, Sony released a new camera. Sony is very good at the mark, you know, like I use Sony cameras, I like them. They're very good at marketing and they're very good at the influencer game and the YouTube creator game and a new camera, a new lens, anything comes out from them and you get bombarded with all the embargo releases saying it's the next greatest thing. That's nothing new. The problem I had with this one specifically was that when it was released, it really kind of more than others seems to have been billed as like game changer, revolutionary, changes everything to the point where then I started getting messages. I haven't even talked about it. I've not mentioned it. I've not used it. I started getting messages from people who were almost like panicked. It felt like thinking that they had just bought a Sony a7 IV or an a7S three. They bought a Sony camera or even another camera from a brand and they were feeling like, oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. My stuff is so outdated. My stuff is terrible. Do I need this? Do I need, like, they're panicked asking me, do I need this thing? Like, do I need to spend $2,200 on something? And that happened multiple times to me. And then I also saw it happening in other people's comment sections. I saw it happening uh, in other people's messages and social media. And then I also saw, you know, people that did the initial releases of the camera get, um, a lot of pushback for pretty much doing for promoting it as being this next big best thing. And it was kind of shocking that there were so many people who were openly like upset about that in the comments. And to me, that was, it sort of seems like a tipping point in this kind of marketing where the, the way I've looked at it is that companies seem to only know how to market things as being revolutionary, not evolutionary or based on a legacy it's just everything that comes out is an absolute revolution and they're not it's just not and that's kind of the genesis of this okay so i I mean that's the that's the long and short of it the two examples that i wanted to use in this because i've been so hard on dji in the past i wanted to give them a pass and not uh not bring them into this i wanted to focus on sony and Rode, which are two companies that i really like and that i use a ton of gear from and that i think have been very guilty of this recently to the point where it's it has harmed the customer Mm. and and that that so the takeaway is because in the past few episodes, I don't know if you've listened. Have you listened to every episode of season <laughs> I, I have nine? Not. I'm sorry, darling. What? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the, what we've gone over this season is a lot of basics, including stuff about like how to buy a camera and how to choose the best camera for your needs, talking about studio setups. So trying to do some practical discussions on what you need to buy and what you need to do. And so learning how to then navigate the world of the hype, which has gotten so crazy in the past few years, I think is kind of an important connection to that. So I think, well, okay, first of all, 
context in terms of like my world versus your world. I haven't seen any of this. Yeah. I don't follow. <laughs> we do not subscribe to the same channels. I don't. I couldn't tell you whether I'm using a Sony or a Canon. It's whatever Tom just gave me. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a Canon, but like. It's a Sony. Shut up. That camera right there? No, the one. Oh, the one I'm, in your studio. Yeah, yeah. It's the Canon 60 okay, Mark II. See, so it's both depending on. Anyway. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm just not in this world. I think it's interesting because I feel like from what you've told me, um, Sony is in a unique position because it's in the audio video, well, video camera space, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of, well, that is your space. But also I feel like from what you've told me about their marketing is that like they want to go beyond people who are into video and really capitalize on anyone who wants to be a video creator, whether you're in that space or not. So it's like, you know, this happened a few years ago and it blew my mind that we went to Best Buy and there's a whole <laughs> shelf about yeah. vlogging. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like I expect this from B&H, but Best Buy, yeah. like it's that mainstream now where you can just go to your local electronics store. So I feel like, Sony wants to be that like they're going to be on every shelf of that. Mm -hmm. If you want to start a YouTube channel, if you want to make any kind of video content, there's no if, ands or buts. There's, there's really, this is the go-to. Yeah. And to be fair, Sony's the first camera I used in my life was a Sony. They've been making movie cameras, home video cameras for decades. Like they, they kind of have been one of the, if you wanted a video camera in 1992, you were probably going to get a Sony Handycam. Like, it, so from this, like, from this angle, I feel like whatever, you know, because, right. yeah, it's probably revolutionary for the person who was using whatever they had and now is like, okay, I'm going to take it seriously. This is, yeah, this any, is revolutionary. Going this is from your phone, get. going yeah. from an old, old, old camera to any of the Sony cameras now is going to be like, oh, my God. It's going to be like going from an original iPhone to an iPhone 14. You're gonna be right. Like, oh, my. This is not the same thing at all. The thing is... That you are in the crossover space, right? You're in the, like, I'm not just YouTube, but also video. And I see why, because it, I I was like, well, of course a company's going to do that. And I feel like Sony's doing it right. Like, if anything, I'm like, dang, companies take note. Because I feel like, I feel like what happens is that everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then the content creators in terms of like the marketing budget, like we're the oh, last no, line item. Yeah, no, that. Sony did it right. And, you know, flipped the pyramid over and just went straight to content creators, which is why I think that you feel so everywhere you look, you know, it's like, if I'm not in the area where the billboards are, I don't see it at all. And that's, right. that's basically like, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but the, the thing that I can see how you're, you know, upset with is when people feel like, you know, they've just spent 1000, 2000, you know, a couple thousand bucks on a camera. Obviously they went to YouTube to figure out which, you know, to do their research, to figure out which one, Yep. Then boom, you know, and then probably they went to the channels uh, of a lot of the people who have also participated in this marketing campaign. And then, you know, a few weeks after they make their huge purchase, there's this new video about a new camera that's like bigger, better. You should have gotten this one. And then now the consumer or, you know, the viewer feels like, well, 
which is it? And now I feel bad about the thing I had, but you're the one who told me to get this in the first place. And yes. Yeah. Yes. That that's kind of a, a big thing for me is because I have seen the camera space on YouTube evolve over more than a decade at this point from purely an enthusiast enthusiast mindset to then companies showing up and like, you know, if, if they discover, hey, this person's super psyched about our products, let's send them some products. Let's which makes sense. I have no issue with that. To then the companies, it's like they got in the car with the creator and then they moved into the driver's seat. And I prefer it when they're a passenger in the car. Yeah. And I feel like that. You've always preferred that, of course. Yes. I feel I like. I don't ever, mind that they're in the car. Yeah. They can be in the car. That's cool. I mean, they should be in the car. I feel like that's when everyone yeah, wins. I, I, and I feel like, you know, you were saying Sony does it right. They do put, they they don't underestimate the value of like a, a content creator. And that's why it's so exciting for me because I feel like, you know, someone who's been a, who's been like in this space for seven years, I feel like, oh, wow, we're finally yeah and so getting you know the credit that like our views our community our engagement might be worth a little bit more than your you know right huge commercials or whatever and sony does a good job too at like all channel sizes diversity of creators like if you look at the group of people there's yeah female representation yeah there's it's not one type of person at all so bravo (laughs) that there's nothing wrong with that and it's it's it it's the presentation of the thing. It's kind of like you said, and that was something that I saw pop up in multiple videos on multiple channels because I wasn't even interested in this camera. But once I started seeing this like pushback from viewers, then I started watching the reviews just to see what what was happening in the comments of these videos. Mm. And then the creators were starting to get upset at the commenters, the pushback, right. and, and yeah, and it was this whole thing. And what you said was a big part of it, where, where people were like. Last month, you told me that this Panasonic camera was amazing. Before that, it was this other Sony camera. Before that, it was this. And people are like, I don't, now I can't decipher, I can't figure out what's amazing because this isn't helpful. And from the creator side of things, like, especially if you're somebody who's in this field, you do, you know, you kind of want to quote unquote cover these releases. So something comes out. Well, if you you get invited to Sony camera camp, are you going to say no? I not you, but yeah. in general. No. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, like who the hell would pass that? <laughs> you know, unless you're Tom Buck, you might think about it. But I feel like most people are gonna be, hell yeah, I wanna go. It's all paid. Right. Hang out with all these cool creators. Right. Um, like, Panasonic's gonna send me to Japan and then how and then give me a camera awesome and then give me lenses. Me? Yeah. Like no. the fact that that's even a thing. But that see, this is but yeah, this is where this is where I feel like they're dropping the freaking ball because they used to trust the creators more it yes there's an inherent like potential bias that comes up for if a company takes you know hey we're doing this event we're gonna fly you to this place we're gonna put you up here we're gonna do all that stuff it makes sense if a viewer says i don't know how you as a creator say that you're giving an unbiased review of this thing after they have done all that for you and i totally get that and i know at least from my end and from friends that i have that there are people who do get like they don't mind giving their honest opinions on stuff, even if it means that they're not going to get invited to anything else in the future. And obviously there's people who then don't want to give their honest thing because they want to keep getting invited. So it goes both ways. The difference I really feel and Sony used to do this, I think, really well, was that they'd have something like a camera camp. 
and everybody would be there and they'd have, you know, a bunch of gear, they'd have a bunch of workshops, focus groups, whatever. And it was just kind of, they sort of knew we have 50 content creators here. They're going to create a bunch of content about this. Like we, we almost don't need to, to do it. Like it, it will happen. If you build it, they will come with sort of the thing. And, and their approach, and I know this from even talking to people who've worked with them and with other companies was literally like, make a video. We don't care. make a video, make a fun video. Like you, we want one of your, we want a Heather just create video. And I think that was brilliant. And what has sort of changed is I feel like there's a lot less of that creator in the driver's seat. And it's a lot more of like, oh, yes, come to, to for example, come to camera camp. Cool. We're going to do all these things. Also, we're releasing a new camera right now. Also, here are kind of the specific specs. Here's the specific framing to use. Here's like, I don't know for sure how like these behind the scenes discussions went down, but when you watch 10 videos and they all hit the exact same bullet points, maybe everyone just had the same papers to look at because they're all in the same location at the same time with the same amount of experience with the same product. So how much variety could there actually be? But that's a lot different than when you you used to be able to watch 10 videos and get 10 different points of view. Now it's 10 of kind of the same thing. And it seems to be a lot more dictated by the company, not just Sony. Sony's the example right. I'm using right now, but because it's the most recent one. Um, but that's where it's like, I feel like companies, it's almost there was like a tipping point. Things were being done really well, where it's the trust was put in the creator to to be a collaborative thing. And now it's more like, mm, we want you to say this stuff. We want you to frame it this way. We want you to release it at this time. Like, I feel like that has been amped up more and that has created frustrated frustration and confusion for the audience, which then expresses that to the creator, which then gets frustrated with their audience. And, right. And it's now just, and this is kind of where we're at. Sad times. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I like how you frame this podcast episode in terms of like buyer beware, because I honestly think that's what it comes down to. Right. Because like com- companies are going to do marketing. I, it's a thing. I have heard marketers say like, we're the worst. And I say <laughs> we because my career was in marketing. Like we ruin right. everything. We ruin everything. Everything that's cool is going to be cool until marketers, you know, capitalize. <laughs> and all of a sudden now it's, you know, it's just a marketing thing. And I feel like if anyone thought that this wasn't going to happen, you're, you know, like who, the marketing team would be so stupid not to not to be like you got it okay next year we did we do this we got to give them talking points right. whenever we do it, the next big launch of course we need to give them some guidance because they probably looked at the other videos and were like this has nothing to do with the actual or camera they got that a we're fact talking wrong about or something. yeah or something like that so like of course marketing is going to do what marketing is going to do but I feel like I feel like it's one of those um, like like almost like 2016 election on Facebook kind of things where we all like the world had not experienced an election like that with social media in existence (laughs) and it changed everything. And I feel like it's one of those, it's like a tipping point where, okay, this is expected from Apple that comes out with a new phone every year. And I feel like, okay, everyone in that space, who's a super consumer of that space, they get it like, okay, this creator can say this is the newest, coolest thing, but it's kind of like, well, Apple saying that yeah. we've done this a few times, they get it. I feel like with this, it's this is kind of the first, it seems like it's kind of like happening. Like this is it. This is this is the tipping point. It's happening. 
but it's not going to change. Like, if anything, it's just going to ramp up next time. So I feel like the thing to do is for the consumer to be like, look, you choose what channels to subscribe to, what videos to watch. You can turn it off and you could have, like, not seen any of this. Nothing. Like me. Like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. (laughs) So, like, it reminds me of I'm super in a jump rope. And there is a very, like, there's a niche, just like there's a video, audio, video space on YouTube. There is a very specific, engaged niche community of jump ropers on Instagram. There is one of the, like, main jumpers coming out with a new jump rope. And he sent all the other big jumpers who have huge audiences in the community the ropes Sounds and they're familiar. talking about like oh my god this rope is a game changer it's like crazy like look look at this and like everyone's demoing it and like every single video i scroll on is like someone using this rope and it makes me feel like crap i have six jump ropes but maybe i need this this one. is the one yeah and i'm like okay the pre-sale's happening it's in a couple weeks like there's a limited thing and like you know i it got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do I need another jump rope? Like, come on, are you kidding me? And I feel like with cameras, it's, you know, it's like you said, how revolutionary we are we getting like year to year model to model right. this soon? You know, it's like, unless you're coming out with some insane thing that we couldn't have done before, like how a jump, a jump rope is a right. jump rope. Like we can get technical, but at the end of the day, like, you know. The six that I have are probably fine. (laughs) And so what I did is I just turned off Instagram. And guess what? I don't have that feeling of like, oh, crap, I'm missing out because I'm not getting the thing that everyone has. And it's just a choice that like, yeah, I just have to make on my own. And and I feel like that's just this. And unfortunately, it causes it is going to cause consumer fatigue. And I've seen I've seen this happen a lot with your channel where people you get the spillover. Because you don't do this, right? Like, you purposely don't do embargo videos. You don't do launch videos. You you specifically do review videos after six months or a year. So, like, you know, someone can actually be like, okay, someone who's used this, not just, like, tested it for, like, a day, but you've used it, you've incorporated it into your workflow. How do you actually like it? What are the, you know, pros and cons and whatever? And I feel like, I don't know, I I, I just feel like I totally lost my train of thought. I mean, that that's just a big, it's a big difference when it comes to the consumer things. I, an example that I wanted to use that maybe is a little more like ubiquitous is phones because, you know, this is a world that I'm interested in. So I am checking Sony rumors right. website, Canon rumors, what like, you know, I'm up to date on this. I don't care about phones. I know phones are like the most popular thing. I really don't care about phones. I get excited when I get a new phone. I'm always interested in learning what it can do. And then I don't get a new phone for like three or four years. And I I pay zero attention to phones in that span of time, pretty much. And I feel like, you know, that that can be the case. Like, that's, you know, if you didn't have me and you just need to get a camera on your own, you would just go like, oh, best camera for YouTube. Yeah. Get look it, at a price. Whatever. And I wouldn't even like, care. Like, I wouldn't compare that much. You wouldn't, you wouldn't then, you wouldn't necessarily then, and this goes for like, maybe a, like a, the average consumer of any kind of product thing. You wouldn't then go three months later and be like, is there a new version of the thing that I got? Oh my gosh. You might be really into it while you're shopping for it. And then you choose your thing and you kind of forget about it. But especially if you get really into something, jump ropes, cameras, phones, whatever, then you do start paying attention to every individual release. And phones are a really good example, I think, because, well, uh, so anything, like, I think tech in general is a good example for this, for revolutionary versus evolutionary. Because if you think of anything like a smartphone 
or an iPod or an iPad. I know these are all Apple products, but I remember with the iPod specifically, Apple announced it. It was like, this thing's crazy. And then the next year, there was a new version. But because the thing was so new and different, version two was so different. Yeah, it, it really was version three. Super different. Yeah. Same thing with iPhone. iPhone came out a few years after that. There's they the got first rid of one. the keyboard. Now it's a touchscreen. Now it's a touchscreen. Yeah. First iPhone had no, you couldn't install apps on it. It <laughs> yeah. was super slow. So then there's the iPhone 3G. It's a little bit faster. You have an app store. And then there's the iPhone 4 where suddenly it feels like a premium you device. I remember all this. Because I was interested in it at the time. When it was revolutionary, I was interested in this. And it was like every time something changed, it was like, oh my God, like this is actually really different. Going from an iPhone 13 to a 14 there's virtually no difference unless you need one very specific feature or something like. Yeah, the camera is like one megapixel better. There's or no like difference. Yeah. Going from an iPhone 8 to an iPhone 14. Or in my case, I went from the 10R to yeah, the 14. Huge difference. Yeah. Oh, my. I was I was <laughs> like, I can't. This is amazing. Like, I'm still super excited to use it. But that's because there was four years of phones in between there. So it was revolutionary. But the individuals, there's no there's really no difference. And I feel like companies, especially tech companies, got so caught up in times when they were releasing these new emerging technologies that were revolutionary every year, that now they almost don't know how to market anything not as being revolutionary. And I know, I was thinking of how you would say this, and you're like, well, why wouldn't a company, why would a company say, hey, it's the next okay product? Like, they want you to think their product is the best thing ever. But then I was thinking of cars, we were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the Toyota Corolla is the one that came to mind. It's like, what's just a a basic car? Yeah, I've had two Corollas. I love them. Car. What's a basic car that's just been around for like, I don't know, 60 years at this point. It's got a good reputation. But like, what more can you say about a Toyota Corolla or a Honda Civic or like, you know, some some car like that at this point? Not a lot. Cars especially those kinds of cars, I think it's like every six or seven years they do a pretty big refresh where it looks different and it is like changed. And then they kind of just iterate on that for six or seven years, big refresh, six or seven years, like the generations of cars. And I mean, can't you say that this is what Sony is doing? Like this is, is no, it's not, it's not because what they're doing is everything is the new so like okay so they're not iterating on a previous model because i don't they the, are but they're not um, framing it that way so like the zve1 for example takes this the sensor that's in two of my cameras that have been out for two to three years at this point the same image sensor the same guts and just puts them in a different body and adds a few adds a couple cool software features and that's but if it you already have there's no difference in image quality. <laughs> and and what they're trying to say is like, but now you get the image quality of these more expensive cameras in a less expensive camera, which actually by itself is kind of a cool value proposition, except the less expensive, quote unquote, is is kind of like they also have other models that are either a little bit more expensive or even cheaper that in some ways are significantly better. And it's sort of this confusing thing where it's like, if you took this and you you put... You put it at a $1,500 price point, I wouldn't, sh- I would shut up. And everybody would be right about saying it's revolutionary because you're getting this image quality that was previ- previously inaccessible to, to anyone at this price point, And now it's available. But now it's like, it's just another of many options in this price point. And the physical design and the build quality are actually bad. So like, there's a lot of downsides to it. For, and, and that's a weird thing to me. 
so okay, back to like the consumer. The sure. thing is like I feel I feel like is the average YouTube viewer consumer at the point where they they understand and I'm asking you because like the worlds that I'm in, you know, it's like a right, forty-five dollar video game. It's not a big deal. The jumper I was like stressing out over was like forty-five bucks. No, no biggie. This is like you know twenty-five hundred dollar camera. Yeah. I get it. Um, but like, are they at the point where they understand that the people who are creating content are obviously making content about the good things about the camera and just like. So this is this is sort of like a, what were you seeing in the comments? This is so this is like a multifaceted. This is where it gets tricky, is because I think, like you were saying, someone's spending thousands of dollars, so it makes sense they're going to be anxious about this purchase, and they're going to make sure they make the best decision they do. So they're seeking out a ton of info, you know, as anybody would. There is a thing where sometimes people will think that a review is only honest if it's negative. Yeah, and I've experienced this. And it's and it's like you only say good things, so you're clearly paid by them, you're whatever. And my answer to that, and I think is kind of similar to a lot of other creators I know, is if something sucks, I'm not going make to make video. a video about yeah. it because I don't want to spend weeks or more of my yeah, life the with the thing that sucks. <laughs> like, why am why I gonna I... go out of my way to make a video? Yeah. yeah. Plus you wouldn't use it. Right. The only time I would do that, which hasn't really happened yet, is if I thought it was somehow harmful. Right. Like it, it is yeah, you, there was it's a some, scam yeah. it's deceitful yeah. like almost like a consumer warning which uh, that hasn't none of this stuff is that and so yeah so it's like i make about i make videos well, see, about stuff I i'm mean, excited about so they tend to be pretty positive i think that's why it's tricky because it's like it's not it isn't a bad camera right so no like, it's what, great yeah so it's what, great what's What's the what's like, the problem? Yeah, the pro the problem comes down to the the like. What would you want if you could do this? You know, let's rewind time. Like, how would you have wanted it to be done? How do you think people would have I mean, wanted it to be? This done? is okay. So the I think on Sony's end, what they needed to do, if they want to do the revolutionary marketing, it needs to be seven hundred dollars cheaper. Like the, that's it, and that would be revol- for that camera. It would be revolutionary. There's honestly. It's using three-year-old guts in a very unimpressive physical body. There's no reason that it needs to be the price that it is. That would be revolutionary. They would just destroy everybody else in that thing. I don't know the numbers in the background of whether or not something like that would even be possible. So this $2,200 kind of weirdly positioned camera, I think... I'm thinking of Peter Lindgren. I think he did kind of a good job because um, he was somebody who he made a video about the backlash he got from it. Oh, where, wow. Really? Like, he did. I think he did two videos on release day. And then the next day he was like, he made a, a response video to the backlash. And that was where I first took note of it and then started looking at other people's videos. And I think Peter did it well because he was pretty open and honest about the things he didn't like about the camera. Like, he had the bigger version of it and then the new one. And he's like, the new one is very small and kind of hard to use. And I like the controls and the other one, but he's like, what I need is a camera that I can take with me everywhere. Like you have your ZV one sitting right over there. And that's a small camera that you can grab and go and take everywhere. Peter wanted that, but he wanted the image quality of his bigger, heavier camera. And this is that, and this is perfect for that. And Peter has a budget. So, he wouldn't mind spending like the price wasn't an issue for him specifically. 
and he already has he has he has the six thousand dollar version, a couple of like the higher end versions. Right. So when he's doing big projects and he things, can grab he that. was very clear about like this is not the one I'm going yeah, to be I taking use this for on that. those projects. Right. This is my vlog camera, and I want it because it can do a lot of things that the vlog camera I've been using can do, but it's smaller and lighter, and that makes it easier for me to take. So I was like, cool. And that's a pretty that's not an exciting take, but that's a very I mean, like, okay, it's not a revolutionary take. I would actually say it's exciting because it explains where this thing fits. The context, yeah. Yeah, it contextualizes it really well, but that's not super flashy. Like, I wonder if there was a clause now. Because I have any of these people who, the content creators who made content about this camera, have they made some kind of response video or any kind of, like, part two to what, you know not not yet that i've seen not that i've watched every single I thing i wonder if they added a clause it's like you can never say anything bad i feel like sony won't because i've seen people be critical of things about it and you know like it, it's not hypercritical, but it's again everything's good there's nothing it's not like this is a piece of junk or whatever right. I, it overheats a lot that's a problem because they put all these high-end guts in a small body so it has the potential to overheat that's been a discussion that people are pretty open about and of course, people are like, well, they gave this to a bunch of people who live in like North America and Europe to review in the wintertime. <laughs> so let's see how it fares in warmer climates where overheating is going to happen more easily, which is like, that's actually kind of a fair point. Um, so I've seen people be a little bit critical. I don't think they were like, I don't think anybody was prevented from saying anything too critical about it. The, the, it's just one of those things where it's like, there's too much hype and you really do have to wait for the person who bought the camera, used it for a few months and is now making their review. And, and then you're going to see like, Oh, this is what it's, what it's like for a real, real use case scenario. Not like you were flown to a tropical paradise, given the camera for a few days. And then you have to make a video in a couple of hours. And it's like, and you're just amped up on being surrounded by fun people. You're in this cool place. You want to make, you know, like. Yeah, they could have used any camera and had a great time. Yeah. Because- <laughs> Here's a Polaroid camera from 1980. Like, oh, my God. Revolutionary. So I, I think the the thing, the reason I was thinking about cars with this was because I think cars, at least like models that have been around for a long time, they trade on legacy. The Toyota Corolla is like, I think it's one of, if not the best selling car model in the world or has been or the most produced or something. It's known for reliability. It's known for relative affordability. It's very practical. It doesn't matter what year of Toyota Corolla you're getting. You're getting that. You're getting a reliable, practical, comfortable, affordable car. And I think that that's kind of when you have something that's matured, I think you can't change you can't market on the revolution you market on the legacy of it like sony has a legacy of high quality cameras you want to get a good camera that's going to give you amazing image quality some of the best features in the world and tons of different models to choose from come over to sony and see what we got that i think works really well however i'm not going to let creators get off the hook entirely and i'm curious what you think about this so Apple, for example, talked about the iPhone. Every year, the iPhone's revolutionary, even though it's just kind of the same phone, <laughs> some different colors and stuff. Um, I guess because phones are what they are, Apple does that. Computers are a little different, though, with Apple. And I think that this is interesting. So my MacBook Pro is sitting right here. And 
when Apple does something big, like change the way the computer looks, they change the processor, like the computer goes through a big thing. They have a keynote presentation. It's a big hubbub of like, it's revolutionary. But then they kind of do what car companies do and they do sort of like iterations on it. Slight processor bump. You can do this now, more RAM, whatever. But a lot of times when they do those refreshes, they don't do a keynote. They just sort of, here's a press release, homepage of the website says it. Here's the like, and I actually, actually think that's the right way to do it. <laughs> like, like this is, here's an updated version. It's better than the other one, but it's less of like, this is now the best thing ever. And more of like, we're continuing to make what we think is the best computer in the world. And it's kind of low key. And I like that. But then Apple channels on YouTube are huge and there are a number of people who will then buy literally every configuration. So they'll buy six or seven brand new MacBook Pros, run them through all these benchmark tests, and then everything is like, oh, this is, I my $3,200 computer is no faster than my previous $2,800. Like, and it's sort of like you see these videos pop up that they're, they're almost the ones responsible for the hype in this case, in where the company in this case wasn't. And I feel like that's a thing that creators do because they know. And I think that's what happened with the Sony ZV-E1. Not because anyone was told to, but people know, like, that's going to get clicks. If I say this less expensive camera killed off this more expensive camera, people are going to want to watch that because it's it's very enticing. It's very clickbaity. But for the person who bought the more expensive one because somebody they trusted recommended it to them and now that same person is saying no that's dead it's over that person is going to be very frustrated and start to it's almost like people are i feel like more and more viewers are becoming aware of the thing i've been complaining about like a crazy person for years right and and i i think that i think it's a good thing and i I think that is a good thing i feel like at some point it's like like you said it's the tipping point because i mean like if you think about it this way right if you're sony and you're like, you know what? Let's repackage what we got into a yeah. new revolutionary thing, which probably in their mind, it's like, yeah, we actually haven't created something like this. We don't have a line that specifically addresses this very specific thing for content I mean, they creators. didn't do it by accident. They definitely did it on yeah, purpose like, and thought and yeah, this time. Is, I feel like this is specifically for content creators. It sounds like that because who, you know. If I, you're, I think the tagline is literally vlog to your fullest potential. Okay, there you go. That says a lot to me because but think about think it's about twenty two hundred dollars. Okay, who cares, right? Like ignore the price, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. Like if you're Sony, who who cares? And you're gonna come out with a, a you know a new tool, the main tool for content creators or for people who know what the word vlog is. Okay, that's the go to camera. No one else has made this camera. Okay. And then you're going to get a bunch of people who make YouTube videos and have huge audiences for of people that also make YouTube videos. And you're not even going to market this anywhere else because no one else is going to use this camera. It's only people who are on YouTube who follow these certain people. You're going to sell, you know, I don't know, 10,000 units. And I bet if you followed, you know, the trails of where all the purchases are made between Best Buy to Amazon to affiliate links and YouTube videos and all this, 
guaranteed it's going to be mostly the affiliate links on YouTube. And I feel like that was their goal. You're pro- I think you're probably entirely right. And that's fine. And it's just as a c- consumer, just knowing that. Yeah. That's it. That's why it's a buyer beware situation. Um, and then the last thing, I, I appreciate the way that you can take this and put it into a perspective and a context like that. <laughs> Because it, like, it adds just, balance to my otherwise like, ranty. No, because I, I get what you're saying and I totally agree, you know, but also a company is going to do what a company is going to do. They, this is, you know, like the, the the problem with companies is that it's not one person, right? It's like Oh, yeah. A, it's, it's a huge. Yeah. It's like a thing that they, they just have to make more money. And if they're going <laughs> to like, do. I can see I could just imagine the meetings of like, yeah, this is going to be a revolutionary thing because no one else is making a product that's vlog specific. It's like, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a photo first camera that also does a video function. And like, how, how long did we have to deal with that? And right. You know, and and I feel like especially at this post pandemic time where a lot of people are like, I'm going to turn this into not just a side hustle, but I'm going to be a content creator for as a full-time job, as a, as my thing, 2,200 bucks. That's not a hobby. That's like, no, this is an investment. Yeah. I'm going to do this seriously. I'm going to do like, right. I I understand why I wish it weren't so, (laughs) but I understand why. Well, so the other, the last, kind of side to this which i'm sort of interested in. i don't even know if this is adding to it or it's just another thing to discuss but i mentioned road earlier i love road i've loved them for years the past year i have had a very weird experience with road <laughs> and and road knows this like uh, i started making videos about road products because though they were what i had and the reason I had them is because I like them. They they were the perfect overlap of like price, functionality, reliability, backed up with good customer service. And so when I started making videos, you know, when you want to start a YouTube channel, you want to start making videos, you just start talking about the stuff that you have. If you're doing reviews, I'm like, I have this microphone, I have this mixer, I have the, like everything I have. And I remember realizing like, oh, it's all like road stuff. And I didn't even know that. It's just what I ended up with. And it's what my school programs were based on. And then once I realized that, it was like, oh, that's going to be the first thing I look for. When Rode comes out with something new or I need a new mic or something, I'm going to look for the Rode version. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And then so that's what I did. And then it got on Rode's radar, their Rodar. And then they reached out to me and it was the connection of they got in the car in the passenger seat. And that's kind of where it's been. Like, I've never done anything paid with Rode ever. They've definitely sent me, you know, gear and microphones and stuff. But I've never had to do anything with it or make videos about Which it. Which is bizarre, by or the anything. way. But that's just a side note. What do you mean? That you haven't gotten paid to do anything. Right. Well, that's so weird. At this point. Like, who the hell is who? Who then, if not you? Are you kidding? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Sorry, I don't know. Rude, I don't... if you're listening. To anyway. Um... Sorry. I cut you off. What I noticed, though, was when I started making videos about road products, people would buy them and recommend them. And there was like a fan community of road products to the point where I was talking to someone. I think it was somebody from Sennheiser. I don't know if I should say names. This is a good thing, though. Um, and they were talking about like, I may, it might not have been Sennheiser, some other well-known, well-established company who was like, Rode is crazy because they like they can release a new cable and people lose their minds and post that on social media and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And they, they were saying that in like 
how did this audio company take something boring like microphone right. clips or a, a, a cable, like not even the microphone, but like the peripherals around it and right. make it something that people Are super make social media yeah. posts on. <laughs> and that's that was the community that Rode had. And it's always kind of been that case. The Rodecaster Pro 2 that we're recording into right now came out in the summer of 2022. Yeah. And that was a weird thing. The pushback to this day at this point, people, a lot of people really dislike it. And a lot of people really have become very critical of road products. And a lot of people have, there's a lot of like negativity that I've not seen before. And it started with the Roadcaster Pro 2. And it's confusing to me. And and part of it, like, I've heard, you know, like, oh, well, it has these defects in this thing. I've had mine since May of 2022, and I've had zero issues with it. It's just been great I know, to use you've the whole recorded time. so much Hundreds stuff, and hundreds of yeah. hours in this thing. I use it every single day. It's been great. I know that there are other ones with issues, and people have even sent me videos yeah, you're not, you're, where they're like, you're not Look, saying there's no issues. Up. There's just no issues with the one you have. What I don't know is how common these are, because I'm in this weird place where I'm Rhodes peripheral customer service, like not officially, yeah. but people just reach out. Of with, course, because who else? So <laughs> That's I, what I'm I, saying. <laughs> I'm guessing I am hearing a lot more complaints than there are. So when someone says, hey, my roadcaster has broken buttons, okay, that sucks, and it shouldn't, and you should get that fixed. Is that one out of every hundred? That would be really bad. Is that one out of every 5,000? Not really a big deal. Yeah, like, that's a fluke. And I honestly don't know. I have no idea what that is. But what I do know, to know is that the Rodecaster Pro came out and then Rode has been, you know, they've released a bunch of microphones since then, a bunch of like wireless, you know, tons of gear and equipment since then. And I've noticed their marketing has changed and their reception from the audience has changed a lot. Like and it's, it's not that... It's become a lot more critical. Yeah. And it seems like there's a tipping point. I hate it when companies drop the ball like that. Like you had it, dude. (laughs) And I don't don't know. Obviously, like I'm not involved in these discussions. You had the best version of it. The organic version. And so this is. So here's here's why I think the Roadcaster might be a good example. The original Roadcaster. There was a, a problem that needed to be solved. Making podcasts with multiple people was hard. So here's a device that makes it easy. That's why I bought it. I was like, oh my God, I've been, these problems are solved that I've had for years. Literally revolutionary. Um, And the crazy thing with that is so people got it because it solved that problem. And then people started using it in different ways. Oh, it's made for podcasts. What about live streaming? What about music recording? What about, can we push it this way? And Rode was awesome with that because what they did over four years was they updated it like a dozen times. So what the original Rodecaster can do now compared to what it did when I got it, it's like a totally different thing. And it was really cool because it was, it, we re, they released a thing saying, you know, we think that this is going to be helpful. People loved it. And then people started using it in a different way. They said, oh, we're seeing it this way. Let's make that easier. Let's make that more effective here. And every time they could do that, it made the product better and more desirable for people to purchase because it fit the users more and more and more. So that's a good thing. At a certain point, Literally, this is not marketing hype. Like, because it was doing things it wasn't designed to do, they max out its processing power. Like, it can't, they can't update it anymore. People are mad because it doesn't get firmware update. It can't be up. It's maxed out. So they needed to make a second version. And if you think of that from a company's point of view, 
it's way better to just send out a software update for a thing we're already manufacturing yeah. than design something from the ground up for and sure. change our manufacturing. Like, I'm sure that if they could have done more with just software, they would have because it's cheaper. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> easier. Uh, but they hit that limit. So they wanted to come out with another version. That's Roadcaster Pro 2. So they took, and there are a lot of upgrades from the one to the two and the two they built in a lot more power than it's even using right now so that they they kind of learned from their lesson of like we don't know what this is going to do in three years so let's just make it stronger than it needs to be and then we can keep updating i think that's brilliant the difference though is i think they became aware of like everybody loves the roadcaster it can do this roadcaster pro 2 and a lot of the marketing a lot of the promo was very slick very polished very like game changing the one stop thing for anything podcasting anything streaming anything music production any like, audio like, any audio in the world this is the thing it's which like not even that that's necessarily untrue but it was really like it didn't feel like it was that synergy between the user and the company kind of like working together to improve this thing right. it was like here's a thing and we're being told it's amazing and i think they set the expectations so high and especially because some of those features were things that are like in future firmware updates <laughs> like we're going to do this in a future firmware update and so on release some of the stuff it couldn't even do and people were kind of like really upset about that i think rightfully so and i don't think that it's that it's fully recovered because the expectations were set so high for this revolutionary thing and it had been a relationship with an audience that so much trust was built up that when they said it's revolutionary, everybody was kind of like ready for everything at operating at max level on day one. And it wasn't. And I've noticed that since the Roadcaster Pro 2, that has been Rode's marketing strategy. And you, you can see it. I've made videos where I complain about logos on things. Their branding is huge. It's It's all over the place on things now, way more so than it used to be. I think that actually says something, though. Someone must have. They got a new VP of marketing. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're aware of that. They're aware of like our Someone. products are on camera. Our products are in streams. Put mm. these logos everywhere. I just showed you. I got someone the, who is marketing first, not creator first. Obviously, yes. You know, these are all these decisions. Yeah. I I showed you. I got the the Road Wireless Me, which is a one of their like a new version. It's a creator friendly budget version of their little wireless setup. Heather and I always talk because in your jump rope community, people wear a lot of people the road wear the whole thing. It's insane. I can't believe they do that. <laughs> they don't lavalier themselves up. Yeah, they, no, they just they clip, clip the, the black square to their collar like and then pager. they jump. Yeah. <laughs> like a pager. That's what it looks like. It looks like a pager. Traditionally, these have just been black. The new one has the giant road logo in white on it. So not only do you have a distracting black square, but it's it, what's your eye going to go to first? Yeah. It's That's, going to be this yeah. logo, the thing that should actually be sinking into the background. Yeah. And I think that is a decision. I think that sounds very simple. It's a thing with a logo on it. Who cares? But mm. the the logic behind it, mm -hmm. the philosophy behind it, I think actually says a lot about how things are being approached. Seems like there was a shift. <laughs> Seems like there was a shift. There's, I have the, I used it last week on the podcast, the NT1 fifth generation. It's a microphone that's sitting over there. It is an amazing microphone. They took a really good microphone that they already had and they updated it with USB functionality and the USB has 32-bit float, so it's like very versatile. Super cool. It's not revolutionary. 
and even if you read Rhodes' own stuff, they're like, the sound quality is the same. Okay, so the microphone is the same size. Honestly, looking at it, other than some of the colors being different, I'm guessing they're using the exact same external parts and housing. So nothing was changed in terms of manufacturing, exact same microphone, some different internals that add USB functionality, same capsule, same sound. We just added this feature. I think that's awesome because when the first one came out, this wasn't a thing, like a combo microphone that you might want to use for a mixer, you might want to use for streaming. That wasn't like really a thing. And so them taking a very, actually, I think it's their first microphone they made, their first model, and updating it. Like now you can use it for streaming via USB, or you can connect it to a roadcaster or any other mixer. You can use it for music, voice. It is actually really versatile. But it's honestly, it's the same microphone with a USB port. And that's cool. But it's not really revolutionary. And the reason I say that is because they didn't even lean that heavily into the USB side of it. It doesn't have a headphone jack, so you can't monitor the audio from it in real time. It doesn't even have a light, so when you connect it via USB, you, you, you actually don't know, don't know if it's actually in. on or not. It does, Of course, it doesn't have any other dials or gain switch or mute switch or anything. So it's it's literally a USB microphone because it has a USB port. Sound quality is phenomenal and amazing, and I think that that's an awesome refresh. I think that in 2023, putting that feature in that microphone, very smart thing to do. But I'm sure you can guess, I know you haven't seen it, the marketing materials, the very well-produced marketing materials for that microphone, position it as like the world. I'm surprised you didn't hear about this on CNN, mainstream media covering (laughs) the, the revolutionary release of this microphone with the USB port. And that's where I think there's like fatigue. There's fatigue. There's consumer yeah, fatigue. There's jaded. decision fatigue. And it, it also then makes it tough when a company, it's like the, the company that cried revolutionary, the boy who cried wolf. Like when you do something that is actually amazing, people aren't going to know. Right. It's not going to hit as hard as it used yeah, to. Yeah. And it's crazy though. Cause in 2016, 2017, like I, I don't know how, I don't even know how, but I, participated in a lot of like oh you're a creator we need to like i went into you know it happened at vidcon that's where these things would happen well no actually there was one where i just went to anyway i've been in a couple and they told me to bring my laptop and my camera and just make a video and they observed everything everything from like you know how i shot the clips to importing footage to how I would edit to like workflow. Where would my mouse go? What would I click on first? Would I, you know, export directly to a social media platform? Like that's almost scary, but it, it, it's interesting. But I like that it was so yeah. here's the use case. Can we design with this in mind? Like to prioritize right. for this content creator. Right. And I feel like uh I I do feel like at this point it's a it's just a consumer awareness you know because i really do feel like we're at that tipping point where it's like yeah well i don't know what do you expect companies to do what do you expect content creators that are getting paid to do like of course you know what i mean like i i i see why this is happening and at the end of the day it's your decision whether to spend your money or not and like you know i always remind myself like back to the jump rope thing an amazing jump roper can jump with of course, wire. You know, like it. <laughs> the gear matters, but to an extent, and the, I think the especially thing, with cameras, where I feel like are you, how <laughs> much are you changing yeah. in two years? Come on, you know, like I just know the feeling of like 
You know what I think best case scenario is? Hmm. This is what I think best case scenario okay. is in this world, in this time of like how how marketing is done, factoring content creator world, consumers, how they get their info. I think the best thing is what, what's his name? Peter did. Peter McKinnon. The... You are so dialed into your process. A company has the manufacturing. You guys work together to design something. Oh, like a bag or a filter yes, or whatever. That's where I think it's going to be like, and that, let let it be creator-led, creator-driven, selling to a very specific audience that they've built up over years. They know they know that audience. And it's not necessarily like, yeah, fine, you might make less sales, but like, there's the trust that is so yeah. valuable there that there's no way the heck you're That's what I was it. thinking of when you brought up your jump rope. I was like thinking of Peter's camera bag because, you know, I tried it. It wasn't for me. It's a very nice bag. And I'm going to guess that every one they make, they sell. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's a surplus stock of those sitting around everywhere. I don't know how many that is. But anytime they make a batch of a few hundred or a few thousand, I'm going to guess that they sell. Especially after the Sony camera. Like, especially after this camera, because like, okay, mm, Unless there's another pandemic, I really don't think we're going to have a huge creator influx. How often are people yeah. like a lot of people bought cameras in the last couple of years yep. who probably aren't going They're to buy, not another, buy one another one bro, for a while? Yeah. And that's and that I guess to kind of wrap up the things you were talking about where they were watching you and stuff. I haven't gone to a Sony camera camp. I've known people who have gone to Sony Sam, Samra camps. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. The biggest difference I can tell from, I think there was a big one in 2019 and there was a big one now in 2023. And I I don't know. I don't know the schedule. I don't know the agenda. From what I have seen, the 2023 one was a lot of like creator hangout. There's fun activities. There's, hey, there's new gear you get to try out. Go shoot here. You know, go film some stuff here. If you want to make a video about it, you can. And that kind of thing. In 2019... I heard a lot more about like workshops and one-on-one with designers and engineers to the point where at that time, Sony cameras were becoming popular, but they had a lot of really weird design things. Like Sony did not put flip out screens on anything. So if you are of one person crew, not even just a vlogger, but just someone who does anything by yourself, flip out screens really, really helpful. And they, they sat down with a group of people and showed them, this is a, I know that they had these meetings where they asked people like, what do you want with that? And then things that came out in the next few years, a lot of the things were Reflected stuff that people talked about yeah. to the point where this is the rumor I have heard. So I can't say that this mm-hmm. is true or not that the a seven S three Sony's like, you know, one of their most popular cameras in the past few years, the one that pulled me into Sony at that camera camp in 2019, they had the a seven S three and they showed it to everyone. And people disliked so much about it because it wasn't even the image quality, but it was like, there's no flip out screen. Where am I, how am I going to connect a microphone? The the screen bumps into, or like, you know, the the door doesn't connect here. Like I can't use this to the point that they ended up redesigning it almost entirely and taking another year to release it. It didn't come out till 2020. And that actually makes sense to me because there was so much discussion of like, wow, is there like five years between the a7s2 and a7s3 and if they had to redesign a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of it it makes sense then that camera came out and it was insane like how many people bought it at thirty five hundred dollars because it it 
checked all of the boxes, especially at the time. There was nothing else that came close. People canceled the Canon orders. People switched over from other companies. Like people bought multiple of these cameras. And I, I think that, and that, I think a lot of that came down to like them talking to the people who are using it. Yeah. I don't know if they did that same kind of thing. This this year seems almost like the opposite. Here's a finished camera that's coming out in two weeks. If you want to make videos on it, you can. Sort of seems to be the vibe. That's very different. That's, I guess, all I can say about that. I don't know, because I wasn't there. But it's, it's sure different to have creators make videos about a camera that's being released during camera camp than to talk to people designing a camera that comes out a year later. It's a very different scenario. And... I think that as a as a person who's interested in purchasing anything, being aware of that being and aware, being hypercritical of it is I don't even think important. it's hypercritical. I don't think they're thinking critical. That was what yeah. I yeah, thinking critical. Critical. It's like you said, just because you don't see anything bad doesn't mean it's No, just thinking you know thinking critically, like yeah. doing a critical analysis of something makes sense. Like for like Peter Lindgren, for example. The ZVE-1 makes perfect sense for him, and it makes sense why he loves it so much. But it also, to me, is still like, well, it's a $2,200 camera, so I actually think there are a lot of people who, even if they feel the same, they're not going to want to spend $2,200 to do that. But then if you look at that and think critically and go like, oh, this is a person who has the budget for that. And some people do. Some people, the budget isn't even an issue. They just want the thing that's going to do the best job. And so, you know... Yeah. Nobody said it's the cheapest camera or the most budget friendly yeah, camera. Right. Um Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <sighs> that is our journey. I actually feel so much better getting this out of my brain. Oh, good. Yeah, I feel like I like you purged were, a you dark were, aura. You were mulling over I it was. for a while. I'm I'm glad that I didn't just come in here and talk myself into a stupor. I'm really happy you were here to to guide me Aww. through that. So thank you. Well, I mean, I do have to say, I I know that it bothered you so much because you care. I feel like you put thought into, okay, someone just spent 2000 bucks. Now there's this new camera and they feel bad about what they have. I do, that does bother. The thing that really tipped me over on this, because you're right about that, but I know that that happens. The thing is, like, I'm not even really part of this conversation. And yeah. I was getting people reaching out to me right. who were feeling bad about something. And I'm like, okay, this seems like it's more far reaching than just right. somebody watched an influencer video. And, you know, it leads into a bigger discussion about what we're all seeing a lot of in whatever niche we're interested in jump ropes, cameras, phones, yeah. Yeah. whatever. So, uh, with all that in mind. <laughs> Since you're so wonderful and dynamic and oh, smart goodness. and charming, if people want to want to see more of what you're making and what you're working on, where should people go? Uh, I don't know where. I have four YouTube channels, but you can go to Heather Just Create. Start there. YouTube.com slash Heather Just Create. Yeah. All right. And of course, if you have thoughts of this, as always, I just remembered I had a few voice messages that we did not do at the beginning. We'll do those next week. Um, (laughs) I had a special guest. I got really excited. So next week's going to be the season finale next episode. Um, We'll include those voice messages that that I got for this week in addition to any. So if you want to send something for the season finale of season nine, go to HiMyNameIsTom.com. Scroll down till you see the speak pipe thing and you can record a message. Or you can always just... 
send text, voice, or video to Tom at enthusiasmproject.com, and I will include it in next week's episode, the season nine finale. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> thank you again to my lovely wife, Heather, for being here, and thank you for listening. I hope you have a safe, happy, healthy rest of your week, and I will see you next time. Thank you.